All right, we're rolling. What's going on, guys? How y'all doing? Morning. Man, doing doing well, considering, uh, man, like in the middle of a move, or getting ready for a move, so I'm covered in dust, because like right before we got on here, I was moving furniture around and screaming at kids and to get the fuck out of the way. So it was time, I had to go get a little mimosa, relax a little there bit, hang are. out with you guys this morning. So... Before we get started, everybody knows the drill. It's Nooner Nation, podcast for Nooners by Nooners. Uh, this is going to be a little different today because we're pre-recording it because, again, I'm in the middle of moving, and I'm actually closing and moving uh, next Thursday, so the 9th. So I'm not going to be able to do a live show. So we pre-recorded this one to throw on there. Uh, hopefully, I'll have some time to get in the live chat when we do air this one. But uh, it also worked out conveniently because... Um, we have, what is that noise? Sounds like your phone, dude. That's a ball and a hat, bro. We can edit this part out. And we'll leave it. Oh, I gotta, I gotta give somebody, uh, I gotta give somebody uh, something to, you know, give me shit about, about the production quality. <laughs> no, no. I love, I saw that. <laughs> what happened? Well, we're editing this out, bro. <laughs> I, I hope we remember to edit this part out. <laughs> what was it? Were you showing oh, nutsack or something? No, love was uh, love was digging for gold and then tasting the goods. Oh shit! <laughs> so where are we at? We're Nothing at better uh... than your old product, man. <laughs> Tested the product. It's <laughs> 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 such a drinking bros thing to say. Nice. <laughs> no, yeah. Sorry, yeah, my dad called. He he loves to call at like the most inopportune times, and then. Typically, I answer because, like, what if it's important? And then it's always just, like, he's just bored. I'm like, God damn it. Yeah, but, that sounds like my mom nowadays. So, but uh, if you're watching and listening, you probably recognize the face and voice of our uh, of Davey. Davey's been on a couple times, including a couple weeks ago when we did our uh, Urban Legends show. But the, uh, the handsome man there at the bottom with the smooth voice, you know, uh, if you don't recognize him, he's been on you... You were on Drinking Bros. I mean, it's been a while ago, over a year ago now, right? But uh, it's our boy yeah. Itamashi. So, what's up, what's up? also, also of Iconoblast fame because he did the uh, uh, Kanasuke episode. Yeah, that's right, Iconoblast. Yeah. So, what's going on, guys? How's your morning? I'm half asleep. Yeah, and well, I guess for uh, I'm half asleep too, but for a different reason. It's like it's past midnight here. Is it really? Well, I thought yes, I oh damn! I thought for some reason I thought I scheduled this to where it'd be. Yeah, yeah. No, I fucked that up. I fucked that up. That's on me. I thought it was going to be like <laughs> I thought it could be like past noon. No, that, that's that's only if we did it last night at eight p.m. It would be past yeah. noon over there. Well, fuck. Sorry. Thanks for staying up though. Bruh, I'm good. I'm drinking, having a good time. Yeah, I got your drinking bros swag on. Represent, so Dragon Bros box, bro. So again, before before we get uh, into the conversation here, like and subscribe on YouTube. Go find us on iTunes. Hit the five star, leave a review. Also, uh, Spotify, you can do that now. So if you're listening on Spotify, hit the five stars. Uh, but yeah, the reason why uh, we're all in different time zones is because uh, we got Itamashi on a, a nooner who uh, now lives in the land of the rising sun. What's going on, man? 
Not much, bro. I miss you guys. I miss being in the chats and all that jazz, but love getting the YouTube notifications sometimes and again at fucking three in the morning. <laughs> right. Yeah, do you yeah. uh do you get into live chats much at all anymore? Not at all, dude. Not at all. Sometimes when I get into work I'll see the chat pop up. And yeah. It's like my morning shit time where I get in, unlock the door, head out to the bathroom and fucking hop on the phone. Oh, everybody's in the chat. Hey, what's up guys? And then yeah. I'm back to work. Back to work. Back to work. Yeah. Cool. So for for those that don't know, um, you were a kind of a, a staple in the the Drinking Bros live chats for a while, as well as, you know, all of the RPR, Iconoblast, all of that. And uh, you have since relocated. Right, so where were you originally? When I was in the chats while I was in Virginia, so it was at Eastern time. Yeah. Started to get in, I was working from home, so I was able to be in like all the time. Mm-hmm. Now I'm in Japan, so yeah, yeah that's so, not happening. Right, yeah, definitely. So, like I said, so you've since relocated to Japan. What uh, what sparked that move? Work, 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 and getting back to the family. The wife was like, I was alone for too long by myself. Okay. Started getting nervous. So she was like, yeah, when you come back. It's like, I guess I got to go back to Japan now. Oh, so you've lived, in, you've lived in Japan before. Yeah, I used to live in Okinawa, Japan for about eight years. And just to like settle things out with work, I had to go back to the States for a little bit. And the kids were still kind of young in school. So I was like, yeah, you guys can stay here. And I'll just go unaccompanied to the States. And that's why I went back to the States for a couple of years. And then after that, came back to Japan. Great. I, yeah, I didn't even know you were married with kids, man. So I thought you were just... Uh... Sadly. Oh, shit. Oh, no, she doesn't watch this, so it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you just... Uh, in my mind, for some reason, I thought you just like packed up and moved to Japan because you liked the culture. The first time around, yeah, dude. Actually, yeah. like back when I first came to Japan, graduated high school and like a week or two late, <clears throat> a week or two later, I was in Japan just cause I wanted to see samurais and ninjas and shit. Came out here, and, spoiler alert, there's no samurais and ninja, just a lot of people who like weird shit, ramen and all that jazz. Yeah, and weird toilets. The toilets are awesome, bro. Bidets are awesome. Is it what, bidets? Yeah, all of them. So you can go to a corner store and it'll have bidets, alcohol, and chicken 24-7. So that's a plus. Yeah. It's a plus. I mean, yeah, you can booze up, have a little, have a like a chicken leg while you're squatting over the toilet. Because, right, aren't like a lot of the public toilets, like, they're like holes in the ground, right, that you squat over? Some of them are, but most of the public ones, they're actually American style now. Okay. Because there's so many tourists in Japan. Okay. But if you're lucky enough to find one you squat over, pro tip is you face the part, the back of it, which oh. I didn't know. Like You got to face like the wall? It's kind of it's shaped like this. Yeah, you face the wall. Gotcha. But it's awesome if you're super fucked up because the pipe's right there. So you can like wrap your arms around the pipe and just like hang on to it while you're squatting and just dumping out whatever weird <laughs> shit you just ate. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, I guess so. You said you moved there first, right after high school. Where are you originally from? South Jersey. South if Jersey. You know, uh, like Sickleville Ariel area. That's where I'm from. I do not. But uh, I'm trying to think. 
South Jersey's kind of like uh, not what you ex- like, not what people think of New Jersey, right? Isn't it kind of more wooded? It's about thirty minutes outside of Philly, so you have spots where it's kind of rural, but take like a five ten minute drive, and then you're into like kind of township area, city area. Okay. Yeah. They want you, I think you're thinking of like mid Jersey, are more to like the northeast side of Jersey, where it's like basically bumfuck area. Yeah, like I don't know. Whenever somebody says South Jersey, I think of that uh, Sopranos episode where Polly Walnuts loses that Russian guy in the woods. You ever yeah, see that? Wasn't one? that where the? No, I didn't follow the Sopranos, but someone told me that where like the dude used to dump the bodies. I forget his name, the Iceman or something like that. Oh, oh yeah. Richard, Kuk- Richard Kuklinski. Was that it guy. like a mafia enforcer? I'm guessing. He was so Kuklinski was a hitman for the mob. He had, if you look at his record, because he he fought in the war. If you look at his record, he had like over five hundred days in combat, like actively active combat. He had fi- over five hundred days uh, in Europe on the battlefield. Dude okay, so this a, was uh, World War Two. Well, this guy was a World War Two. He was in the army World War Two because he got drafted, mm-hmm. and when he when he got out, he went back to the East Coast and uh, got involved in the mob. And the thing is. Kuklinski, you know, would never be a made guy because he wasn't Italian, but the man was, they called him the Iceman because he killed so many uh, people on the mob hit list. He killed tons of them because it was his job. Right. He was getting paid. He was getting paid by the mob to be a hitman. All of his bodies were buried. Um, he, he, to keep, to keep, to cover his shacks, most of the, most of his victims were buried either in Jersey or they were dumped at the bottom of a lake or at the bottom of the ocean. And uh, certain lakes that he buried certain bodies at, well, because the lakes receded, his body started to, to uh, come to the surface unintentionally, and that, if that makes any sense. Oh, interesting. Well, fun fact. But, uh, yeah, yeah, there's a... There's, the dude was wild. Yeah, there's an episode of Sopranos where uh, they have to, like, take out this Russian guy. So they, they're going to, like, go take him out into, like, the woods in South Jersey or something. And it turns out the guy used to be, like, a former, like, Spetsnaz officer or something. So he escapes them and then like probably walnuts and uh, what's the other, the dumbass kid, Chris. They're like trying to find him in this wood, like in winter. I don't think they ever find him, but it, it, it's, a, it's a really funny episode. But like the Soviet, he's like an officer in like the Soviet uh, Ministry of the Interior or something. And like Tony's on the phone with them. He's like, hey, you need to be careful with this guy. Like he used to be like, an enforcer for like the ministry of the interior in Russia. And Polly Walnuts just like gets off the phone. He's like, that guy doesn't make any sense. He's like, apparently he's an interior decorator. We were just at his house. It looks like <laughs> shit. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. oh, love. I gotta tell you, dude, uh, do you watch new Japan pro wrestling? Do I watch what? New Japan pro wrestling. No, I don't. Oh, that's the one thing about Japan I love the most is New Japan. It's also where the Bullet Club was born. Yeah. Well, bro, come out and take me to it. I'm more of a anime. What do I do in Japan? Shit. Anime. Drink. Chicken. Because there's chicken, like, everywhere. And try not to get stabbed by my wife. That's about it. <laughs> dude, hey, Japanese women don't fuck around, dude. They, will, they murder fools. So be yeah. careful. They do. So her... Original, original name is Miyagi, and she's from Okinawa, right? So <laughs> I found that out. I was like, oh, so like Karate Kid. She's like, Karate what? Like Karate Kid. She's like, oh, you're being racist. So I was like, oh, okay. Well, 
you know, Karate Kid's like, yeah, yeah, same name. <laughs> yeah. Miyagi. You should have let awesome. her, like, did she switch her name? Did she take your name or did she keep Miyagi? Of course she took my name. I have a badass name. That's why. Yeah, I just, I guess uh, we haven't even done a formal introduction. I've just been using your uh, Itamashi name. So introduce yourself and give a little bit of. Itamashi uh, is good. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I mean, introduce yourself. Give yourself a, a little bit of background. I know, uh, like I said, you used to be in live chats all the time. Everybody loved you. Everybody misses you for sure. So uh, give us a little up, like background on uh, on you, on yourself. Like what you're obviously from Jersey. Uh, yep. Like what, I so, guess, uh, growing up, what made you get into like Japanese culture and made you want to move? Tsunami. Tsunami, man. I started out watching Dragon Ball Z. Actually, Ronin Warriors in Sailor Moon back in the day. And then after that, Tsunami and all the late night anime stuff. And I was like, oh, fuck yeah. And then Naruto came out around the time I was like getting to middle school. I was like, man, what am I going to do with my life? Maybe I should go to Japan one day. So around the time I'm about to get out of high school, uh, my oldest brother was actually stationed out in Japan for a while, got married out here. And he was like, yo, what do you want to do after high school? I was like, well, go to college or go to Japan. He was like, well, if you come to Japan, you can stay with me for a little bit and then see what you want to do. I was like, fuck yeah, let's do it. So I come out to Japan and go to Okinawa. And at that time, I had no idea about anything outside of South Jersey, right? So I get here and fucking, I'm expecting like those like Japanese style houses, people walking around in kimonos with like samurai swords and shit. And now nah, there's like people in Air Force Ones and Jordans, a lot more Americans than I thought I'd see. And I'm expecting like this small little Marine base because I knew he was stationed out here. Come to find there's like this huge ass air base on Okinawa, which everyone knows about except me apparently. Just driving around, seeing all these Americans. I'm like, oh, this is pretty cool. And uh, I'm like, oh, maybe I'll sell here for a little bit, see what's going on. End up getting a job working around everyone in the military. And they were like, yeah, we'll pay for college and shit, bro. It's like, all right, we'll do that. So I started going to school for like cybersecurity type stuff, network security, which is why like I wanted to have a chat with Davey yeah. on this about all his... Uh, Ah, Aloha snack bar chicks that be hitting them up. <laughs> but basically from there, just start just start out like retail working on base. Went to from that doing schooling into IT. And then IT helped me basically forward my career, move around, do what I want to do. And that's where I'm at now. Right. Yeah, I uh I knew that there was a I knew there's a military presence in Okinawa. Is it an Air Force base? Or is it like yeah, a, a com- like a joint thing? It's a it's a joint thing. It's you can Google it. It's on Wikipedia. It's a uh, Kadena Air Force Base. It's fucking huge. Uh, you'll see all kinds of crazy stuff about what Americans do in Okinawa. Yeah, but it's it's pretty nice. Yeah. So, are you in Okinawa now? No, I'm up north now. I'm actually uh, working around the middle part of Japan. I could, I would say the names, but like no one knows like Japan. I know Japan, Matt. So Toha, and also uh, freaking in Okinawa, there's the huge dome, and uh, it, names escaping me right now. It's uh, it's where they hold their annual event every June called Dominion. Hmm. It's probably the same place to do like the Asa Festival and like the basketball games, because Okinawa, Okinawa is kind of 
people refer to it as like the Hawaii of Japan because it's kind of separate. You have like your population centers, but a lot of it's not really populated. It's just like jungle forests and shit. Towards the middle where all the main bases are and all the main cities are, there's like a, a sports dome where they have probably that. They have the basketball games. Uh, like Ryukyu Kings is the name of the Okinawa team. They have the Asa Festival, which is traditional Okinawa dancing. It's pretty cool. If you ever get a chance to look it up, it's cool. And then they have the Orion Beer Festival, which is basically like a huge field of people getting drunk and listening to Okinawan rock music and pop music. It's fucking awesome. So, yeah, and that's probably what you're talking about. Ryogoku Hall is what I'm thinking, also. Uh, but also uh, at that dome, there's also a sumo. Oh, yeah, you get down on sumo? Yeah. Me, no. So surprisingly, I haven't done like all the things you should do in Japan, like go see sumo, sumo, go see like Kyoto, go see like the temples and all that jazz. Because I just hung out with Japanese people and Japanese people are like, that's that's we're normal. We don't go to those things. We go eat ramen. We go to clubs. We go to bars. Like going to like a temple is kind of who does that now. Yeah, right? Like touristy shit. Yeah. Yeah, there's well, one place. Oh, there's one place you got to check out if you're in Tokyo. Go to Ribera Steakhouse. It's a very famous steakhouse. They got the best Kobe beef steaks in the world, and a lot of pro wrestlers eat there whenever they uh, come visit. Out of Wagyu, yeah, man. I've had they have Wagyu all over the place actually, but if I when I go back to Tokyo, I'll I'll check it out. I've been to the Tokyo Tower. Haven't been to Sky Tree. Been to. Actually, my favorite place is, it's called the Tsiji, Tsiji. It's like the fish market for Tokyo. And if you like fish, you like sushi. If you go there like early in the morning, four or five in the morning, you'll see where they sell all the big ass tuna, like straight off the boat. Yeah. And then from there, you'll have, it's basically like a street surrounding that, that you can go get fresh sushi, all kinds of like seafood type stuff, all kinds of like kind of farmer's market type stuff, but it's worth going to. Well, there's actually um, a, a nooner slash string about, I don't know if he's in the chat or not, but Nick Bonnie, he's a deep sea mm -hmm. fisherman in the East coast. Yeah. That guy. Yeah. That guy knows everything about deep sea fish. So he's definitely the kind of person I'd hit up for that as well. Yeah. Yeah. I know Nick. I've, uh, we, we speak like, you know, DM all the time. I'm trying to get him on the show. I, I think he's got some personal stuff kind of keeping him from wanting to come on, but uh, I think it'll come on eventually. Cause he, yeah, he's a, Interesting guy with an interesting job. So, Nick, if you're listening, I never want to come on. Hit me up for sure. But uh, I actually just looked up. So, there are actually 13 U.S. military bases on Okinawa Island. So, yeah. Which is a problem. Let's see what, according to Google here, it's approximately 32% of all of the U.S. military bases in Japan. And they cover about a quarter of the island. So, so there's. Definitely. The major Definitely. bases, Uten Ma, Kadena, Hansen, Kadena, yeah. Turi, Schwab, Foster, and Kinzer. So. My, my cousin was stationed there for a period of time when he was, uh, he's in the Navy. He's, he's the boat guy, but that's where he was stationed at for a period of time. His destroyer was, was uh, docked there. Oh, dope. All right, Davey, then your cousin probably knows around where I'm at now, I'm in talk. Tohoku region. He was. Um, oh gosh, how far away? Hey, how far away is that from port? 
Okinawa. Oh, the part you're at. Uh, I'm not a port. I'm a nap. Okay. So it's yeah, a little bit different. I, a little bit, a few kilometers of distance. That's about. It. That's about it. Because I know, I know, I know the port that he was at. It was. Um, he said it was like pretty much he had instant access to the bullet train, if you need to get to Tokyo for whatever reason. Yeah, so that sounds like Yokosuka. Maybe there's a couple places. So, like Bill was just saying, there's a bunch of bases in Okinawa, but as you start coming up, you can Google where they're at all the guys. As you start coming up, there's a couple of bases on the south side of Japan and middle of Japan. Most of them have access to the bullet train, depending on where you're at. I'm just quite quick, quick, quick ugh, sorry, quick question. How do you how do you adjust to the humidity out there? Because I know the humidity is worse than Florida humidity in Japan. It depends on where you're at. In Okinawa, it's shit, bro. Like right now they're going through raining season. So it's called Tsuyu in Japanese. And basically in Okinawa, it just fucking pisses rain for about two to three weeks on top of being about maybe 80 degrees. Just sucks. Sucks balls. Inside but of, as you move up, go on. Oh, I was going to say, it feels like you're inside a cow's ass all day. Yeah. 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 Our pig's vagina, one of those. Yeah. But, or duct cloaca yeah, or something. Like, you know, if we're just going to round it out or throw a cloaca in there. Wrong into it. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I mean, it's like, it's like being inside Hope Solo's butthole, you know? Oh, gosh. We can't, yeah, we can't do an episode without up. mentioning Hope Solo's butthole, but. So what you're yeah. saying is Okinawa during raising season is like three weeks of 2 p.m. in Florida. You know, 2 p.m. in Florida right, every yeah. day just rains on like clockwork and then gets humid as fuck. So it's just two that's weeks actually, of that. That's a great way to put it because if you look like on the, the globe, right, Okinawa is relatively around the same level as Florida. So when you ask like, is it humid where I'm at? As you move up through Japan, Japan's just like a straight line on. Mm-hmm. So let's see if I you like can do your hand movements. Japan's yeah. like <laughs> Japan's like so you have a little Okinawa down here, a little like nutsack mm-hmm. of Japan. And then you have like mainland Japan, which kind of goes which up. Which is the shaft, obviously. The shaft. But then you have this huge island at the top of Japan called Hokkaido. So Okinawa down here is like Hawaii. It's like paradise jungle type shit. But then you go to Hokkaido. Hokkaido's like fucking frozen wasteland. Like in the summer, or excuse me, in the winter, you get yards and meters of snow, like houses high to the point where there was a big, there was a big news report where people like died just because they got snowed out, got stuck in their car and had to try to trek like all two kilometers to where they were trying to go and fucking just got snowed where they were and just fucking died. So that's Hokkaido, where you die from snow. And Ho- you have so Hokkaido is the tip, if we're talking anatomy here. It's the tip, but since it gets a lot of snow, it's pretty whited out. So I kind of think of it as like the big pool of white stuff at the top. So then you have Tohoku, Aomori region of Japan. That's the tip. Okay. What, what was the tip? What area was Tohoku, that? Tohoku, Aomori. Tohoku? Aomori. So you ever like tell yeah, your lady, Tohoku. like, hey, just the, just let's just... Go like the Tohoku, see how it feels, you know? Bro, you, you'd be surprised. I mean, they say everything's bigger in Japan. And to be honest, I'm Asian from the waist down. That's why that's all you can see. But still had a lot of, a lot of arguments about like, look, you know, 
and inch isn't that much. <laughs> just, a, just a tohoku is fine. Yeah. Let's we'll see how it feels. And then, yeah, you know, yeah. what if that feels all right, maybe we make it into Tokyo, you know? Maybe into Tokyo, you know, and we go balls deep. Yeah, we're going to Okinawa. Going to Okinawa deep in that ass. You know what I'm saying? There you go. Exactly. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> dude, there are so many uh, New Japan insider, inside jokes on that one. That's hilarious. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so uh, I guess this most recent time, um, when did you move? How long have you been back in Japan? It's about a year now, man. Uh, this is this is June. So actually, the well, fuck. If I leave the states again, I'm gonna miss out on like the DB cruise. I miss out on all the DB shit. So let me go to Austin. Went to Austin. Went to Fort Worth to see some friends, and that's when I went to the the DB studio, which is it's super cool. Everyone there is like chill as fuck. Dan's microphone smells like heaven. Uh, besides, besides smells like heaven. I don't know. It just smells like manliness, man. I remember before I went, there was like a there was like a DV episode where someone got up on the mic. Dan like left the mic, and they were talking about it smells really nice. And I don't know why subconsciously, when I like I did the what's that called, Dragon Bro of the Week. Oh yeah. And I sat down behind the mic, like I sniffed it subconsciously and i was like that does smell fucking good bro <laughs> well, does, I, I figured it would smell like every drug imaginable all combined into one smell yeah it smells- that might be it i'm i might got a contact high maybe fuck well that was <laughs> that was before hard af so yeah it probably smelled like like weed vape whatever flavor he had in that and then like tito's and white claw you know yeah. At that, yeah. At that time, lots of white claw, lots of white claw. At that time, my microphone. I will just kind of smells like foam. <laughs> like kind of plastic. Yeah, it smells. Yeah, it just kind of. I don't know. It just kind of smells like musty bed sheets or something. I don't know how to describe what like what the foam cover of my microphone smells like, but it doesn't smell. Uh, it doesn't. It doesn't give off some sort of like essence of you know freedom. Like I'm sure Dan's does. Nah, I'm sure it's awesome, bro. You just need a ghost bit mic cover now. Maybe. Oh, I also, great. admittedly, terrible sense of smell. So, like you, need I, to have, you, you need to talk to Matt from American Rustover Work. Have him make a uh, like a little impromptu ghost bed wood inlay, or maybe huh? a uh, or maybe a nooner. Well, you already have the new the nooner uh, pa- the nooner paddle in the background. Didn't yeah, Matt make yeah, that? Matt, yeah, yeah, Matt made my uh, the nooner poon paddle. Yeah, that's badass, bro. Funny story. Broke this out for real use for the first time last night. Oh, gosh. It was a hit. I bet it was. Nailed it. Yo, you have merch, bro. I do. Make a couple more. You have merch. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've been trying to get... I'd buy one. He's a... Actually, I talked to Matt quite a bit. We're pretty close friends, and uh, he's working on... You know, this woodworking thing he does. If you don't know American Rustic Works in, our, in the live chat, he does, uh, it's Matt, a guy named Matt from Buffalo. He does uh, woodworking on the side. He does really awesome flags. And he's actually going to do, uh, once I get moved into the new house, I've got plans to make like a, a nice, like a cool set because I've got a unfinished basement in the new house that I kind of have free reign over. Ooh. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a pretty dope set, I think. And uh, I'm talking to him about doing, 
the like uh, a flag tabletop for like my desk have where wherever the like where the stars are on the american flag have it be the he's got a laser engraver now i want to have like the nooner yeah. nation logo in there and then have like this big american flag desk for the new Bro, set so sick, man so, when are when are you moving in um so i'll be moving there so the day that this episode airs which will be next thursday um weird uh sorry looking at something off camera my recorder's being weird but um the day this episode airs next thursday so june 9th we're signing the papers and it's one of those situations i don't know uh if you've ever had to like sell a house and buy a house at the same time but it's it's like did we sell our house we signed the papers to sell our house and then immediately signed the papers to buy the new one so it's gonna be like all hands on deck for this week just packing up a u-haul and Thursday morning, got to be ready to go. So that's why we're pre-recording this one, or one of the reasons why we're pre-recording this one. Trying to do a live show with, you know, you in Japan would have been a nightmare for one of us. Probably you, to be as honest. As long as I have alcohol, I'm good. So, alcohol and I'll be all right. <laughs> yeah, it's been a. Some people probably already know it's been a bit of a a journey. Um, first off, the housing market over here has just been fucking stupid lately and then uh the house that i'm currently in love it but it's older it was built in the 30s and one of the foundation walls was starting to like uh bow in from like water not being able to escape from outside of it and uh so they had to, I had to have the entire south side foundation wall knocked out and rebuilt and they're actually finishing the rebuild today they're here right now doing it but uh Man, it's been, that was stressful because we went with, you know, we went with like the kind of local guy who does this. Uh, funny enough, a Cuban dude who's named Fidel Castro. You know, I mean, and at first I was like, well, who, like what Cuban would name their kid Fidel Castro? But he's he's older. I'd probably put him in his late 40s, early 50s. So I'm kind of wondering, it's like, was it like maybe like, hey, we named our kid Fidel Castro? Like, don't come kill us. What was they he born? Named he's called <laughs> God. Was he? Was is he American born? Is he? No, American he's from born? Cuba. Yeah, uh, uh, I've, well. st I've still got a. Uh, my phone number is still uh, my North Carolina area code because I grew up in North Carolina, and uh, he called me the other day, and he was telling me he's like, oh, I just noticed you have a North Carolina area code. He came from Cuba to the states when he was a teenager and went straight to winston-salem north carolina to go pick tobacco in the tobacco fields like in the 80s i was like oh fucking wild well wait early 80s or mid 80s late 80s i didn't at that point i didn't ask i was like whatever man. well be, be, because no around that time no, I, I get, like, you got, like yeah. the boats coming the whole scarface shit right the boats well, yeah, coming in and because fidel castro as he would as he said he flushed the toilet on the U.S. when it came to Cuba's prison population. Well, I mean, I'm not going to put it past this guy. You know, he might have been a criminal in his old life. But I think he's, I don't think he's quite old enough to have, I'm assuming when he came here in the 80s, he was probably younger, either a child or early teens, which I who knows, maybe he was doing some shit in his early teens in Cuba. So old enough to keister. Yeah. Yeah, old guys keystring some stuff. Speaking of that, yeah. so like, so you're talking about as long as you got some booze, is there uh, like what's the 
like the drug stuff in Japan? Like, is there anything legal? Like, do people smoke uh, weed out there? No. Doing acts Fuck in the no. clubs? So, the answer is no. Uh, like, for a roach size of a blunt, so a roach yeah. of a blunt, you get gel time in Japan. And uh, it's kind of been an issue lately because, you know, you have all the CBD drinks and shit. And people have been trying to mail it out to people here in uh, Japan. And if you get goes through customs, like everything goes through customs, you get picked on it. It's fucking a nightmare. So to answer your question, drugs is super legal in Japan. The only way to really get drugs is through basically the Japanese mafia, the Yakuza, which is weird because I forget the name of them, but there's this specific sect of Japanese Yakuza that deals only in drug dealing and like human trafficking. And they're kind of like the black sheep of the Yakuza as the Yakuza would say it, right? Right. But they're the most violent sector of the Yakuza, obviously. If you're getting drugs, it's coming through those guys. So, I mean, so yeah, they're coming through human traffickers and fucking kind of assholes. So that there's is all, what it is. There's also an uneasy spoken truth between the government of Japan and the Yakuza when it comes to um, because I remember this happened. Uh, well, I hate to age myself, but 20 years ago when I was a teenager, this is right around the time when Pride FC was really starting to take off, and uh, mm-hmm. UFC was. UFC was a couple years away from really making an impact. But I remember uh, during the Pride FC days, the Yakuza, like Pride as a company, as a promotion for MMA, they were owned, like their primary principal owner was a Yakuza affiliate. And because certain fighters like Fedor and Don Fry and uh, Aki Bono, all these major names, uh, the contracts that they had signed, they were essentially tools of the yakuza and for in order for them to compete in order for them to have a promotion they actually had to agree that they would be at the back and call of the yakuza and if i'm incorrect in any of that uh, robbie about it man Robbie, if i got anything wrong in that apologies bud but um def i know that back in that day the yakuza and the government uh of japan they had like an uneasy truce only because of uh the kind of money that pride fc was bringing into the country yeah, I know. Uh, no, I think you're right. Oh, I think ahead. you're right. Uh, a good way to think about it from the state side is the Italian mafia. The relationship that the Italian mafia had with the U.S. government back during like World, World War, II. War II beforehand and all that jazz. The, the Yakuza, Yakuza's been around for a fucking... Centuries. Centuries, right? So just imagine that level. It's kind of, we'll put it like this. You have this organized group of people. You have this other organized group of people. They may not see the same way, but they both want to make money. They both want to make shit kind of simple for each other because that's more money, right? It's how the mafia treated it. It's how the United States treated it back in the day. Yakuza, Japanese government, kind of same deal. And you'll, you'll see like the fucking cowboy and Indian type videos where it's like the cops chasing Yakuza, Yakuza chasing cops. But at the end of the day, well, not to say too much, but at the end of the day, it's organized crime. It's organized crime. Our uh, organized crime is regulated through the government at some point. So, are um are tattoos still frowned upon in Japan? It's kind of coming around now. There's uh so 
there's the onsens and the public pools where they you'll see signs saying no tattoos and things like that. But the generation now is a lot younger. And there's a lot of you know a lot of American influence in Japan, so the whole tattoo thing is becoming a little bit more popular among the young crowd. So it's not it's not so much related to gangsters anymore as it is to like a pop culture type scene. And you'll see, you'll see like more. I think to be honest, more like Japanese women with like tattoos and stuff like on their arms or on their like shoulder blades and stuff like that. And obviously, they're like, "Well, I'm not in a gang or anything. I just want to go out and have fun, and I think it's pretty." And then it comes to the whole, "Well, this is me representing my culture. Japanese tattoo artistry has been a thing forever. Why are we?" Uh, making it seem like a criminal thing all that jazz and i think within the next like five ten years you won't see issues with people with tattoos being disallowed from certain things yeah is it i heard um i heard like up until up until recently the only people allowed to really have tattoos and get away with it were pro wrestlers particularly the gaijin or the foreigners because um well tattoos on foreigners it's like there's they don't really just they don't really associate that to the yakuza or gangs for that matter so, no you're right you're you're exactly right so exactly and that's why it's kind of shifting now because in america you get a tattoo or in most countries outside of japan you get a tattoo it's not necessarily to say you're a gang affiliate right i mean in the states you see someone with like a teardrop or certain tattoos like on their face and shit like that or on their knuckles and shit obviously it's like oh that's kind of gang affiliate and that's how japan used to see it but most people in the states get tattoos because they like tattoos they get sleeves they have like all kinds of shit on their arms all kinds of shit on the legs on their backs people like Jap japanese culture you know it's cool having the whole fucking back made out with like a japanese samurai story people in the states have been doing it people all around the world have been doing it and now they're tourists in japan and people in Japan are like, well, why are these people able to come into my country with tattoos like that and do things that I can't do, right? So it's kind of flipping now. So is that, I guess, the the previously they're kind of the, the tattoo thing in Japan that we were just talking about, is that because of, like, the Yakuza stuff? Because you hear, you always see, like, when I think Yakuza, I either think of a, uh, you know, somebody on a bright yellow motorcycle with a samurai sword <laughs> or yeah, that was a great movie or like the, or the full, like the full body suit tattoos. Is that why like tattoos were frowned upon in Japan? like, because like that was like a marking that you were part of like the organized crime in Japan. Yeah. It, yeah. It was exactly what you're saying. Depending on which kind of tribe or which kind of, family you belong to you would have certain tattoos that would distinguish you right so go out and like bro you're fuck shoulder and gang shit would happen and that's clan how they would warfare. distinguish each other clan warfare exactly Gosh. so it so to answer your question yes uh in japan for a long time and even kind of still to the day today certain tattoos would be related to gang affiliation but if you think about it, it's the same way in the States. The same way anywhere there's like gangs and shit, people get tattoos of their gang affiliation. So right. it's interesting. 
Right. So through the uh, so now that it's kind of becoming a little bit more acceptable, um, are are like Asian women getting American writing tattooed on them? Yes. Like wind. Like yes. some girl got the word wind tattooed on her shoulder or some shit. Yes. If you ever get a chance, look up uh, English. E n g r i s h. Oh gosh. There is a lot of funny shit that happens in Japan where they mistranslate English. One of my favorites is uh, there's like this picture of this fucking store, and they have fucking sell, fucking sell like everywhere, because they mistranslate it. Fucking is like. This is great. This is a great sell. It's such a fucking good sell that we're going to put signs up that says fucking sell. <laughs> so, bro, it happens. There's a, if you, so come to Japan, go shopping at any place in Japan. You'll see shirts that say weird shit. Like, I, I remember seeing this uh, one shirt this lady was wearing that said, I'm happy if I'm life. And I'm like, okay, that's kind of, that's kind of cool. And then on the back of the shirt, it's like, Life is death. Like, hold on, what the fuck? <laughs> so all kinds of mistranslation. I found out, I know why. And uh, it's funny, one of my old coworkers at USA Rugby told me this. Uh, he told me that in Japan, uh, the characters that make up their language, but depending on the, the Sanskrit, if it's katana, the katana yeah. script or the, uh, what is it, katana and what's the other script that they use out there? So there's three. There's uh, kanji, which is like mm -hmm. the stuff that looks like Japanese squibbles. There's uh, katakana is a different one and it's used specifically for translating foreign words into English words or excuse me, foreign words and Japanese words written in, in is written kanji, katakana romanji is what we use like the S, A, B, C, D, E, F, G I know that um, and how this all correlates is uh, how when, when people from Japan come to America and they learn English they mm -hmm. the way they talk is literally reflective of the script or the dialect of of Japanese they speak at home because every character me is like a every character is like a noun for the word so it's like you know I happy if life you know that's that's the way of saying you know life is good and it's other way of saying life is death you know that it's it's only because the the characters it's like little translations of those words yeah I just did a quick Google search in images for uh for English. And there's like, oh, it's pretty funny. There's like a name, there's somebody's like name tag and it says deep fried female. Um, there's some sort of like, it looks almost like a, like a crossing the street sign, but like, you know, it's like red slash through it. And it says no girl hunt here. Um, yeah, dude, it's those, awesome. There's another one. Oh, there's um, uh, a sign for a handicapped bathroom and it's deformed man uh, yeah, it's awesome, bro. Yeah, another oh, one, man. some sort of sign on a door that says "nice electric shock." That's pretty English, good, bro. Yeah, so yeah, I definitely. You, uh, I'll keep you entertained. Uh, looks like some sort of like corner store, like a bodega type thing that says "for you drugs." Yeah, definitely go. Uh, erection in progress. Nice. Oh, <laughs> there's a T-shirt. It has the Superman symbol on it, and it just says Sperm Man. <laughs> big big yeah, comes. Awesome. <laughs> big big comes. comes. Oh, yeah, boy. 
Uh, yeah, here you go. Fucking vegetables. There's this like a big sign out front of like what looks kind of like maybe like a grocery store. Like fucking <laughs> yeah. like it's all like lit up crazy as fucking vegetables. So, yeah, definitely go uh, Google search English. It's uh, it's funny for sure. Itamashi, I, I know you earlier, dude. You said um, you said earlier you wanted to ask me about Aloha snack bar. Mm-hmm. Uh, ask away. Like wife just came in. Fucking soul. Every time you post, I think we we that China shit. But for the past cyber, like cyber warfare itself is kind of still really undefined. Like I don't think a lot of people realize if. The United States just went to Ukraine and fucking started dropping bombs and fucking marching troops, obviously at war with Ukraine at that point. But everything up until that point is not considered real warfare. There's no real like, so the Geneva Convention defines like certain things you can't do. The NATO and all of them define certain things you can't do in, I guess, traditional warfare, but cyber warfare is still not really yeah. defined. So all these bots and shit is that. What is that? So, you know, cyber warfare is in its infancy still, because I know a yeah. lot of people. A lot of people, when they think cyber warfare, they think of a bunch of nerds in a basement with a black screen, typing green letters into a on a computer, just like going blah blah blah, you know, like attack this. Well, that's not how, that's not what it is at all. Cyber warfare, Swordfish. exactly. Getting blowjobs under the table. Yeah, all oh, that. Well, that'd be, that's actually. I mean, Hugh Jackman. If, if in real life, if that was actually happening, Hugh Jackman had probably the best mind control of anybody. Like, but bro, why do you think my camera <laughs> angles up so high right now? <laughs> but with cyber warfare, the thing about cyber warfare is that it's somebody making a bot to go onto Twitter and type tweets uh, just to piss people off. That's a form. That's a very minute form, but it is a form of cyber warfare because essentially you're creating, you're using coding or programming or AI for that matter to do things that a typical human would do. Cyber warfare is. It could be something as simple as a bot. It could be something as simple as malware. And I've caught a lot of malware in my day, just uh, decoding sites and decoding attack. As a, and I don't know if you guys remember back in 2010, if you guys are old enough, well, you're old enough to remember it, but Stuxnet, it was a major, major virus that, or a major, it was a state-sponsored hack. Uh, long story short, there Let's were... Let's touch on that. Stuxnet? Okay. Stuxnet, for sure. Because this is, Stuxnet, so in my opinion, Stuxnet is... The most widely known example of true cyber warfare where so so basically to explain Stuxnet for anyone who doesn't know Stuxnet, Iran's nuclear facilities start fucking up, nobody knew why. Down the road, I forget, I think it was Kapersky, right? Kapersky was assigned a job to figure out what the fuck was going on with this company because they had this virus threat. Kapersky goes in finds out there's like this weird ass virus does like the whole fucking forensic shit for it and tracks it back to Iran. So there's a little point in time where they're like, Iran's hacking people, blah, blah, blah. Then Iran says, all right, guys, just want to let you know our nuclear facilities are fucked. They're, they've been hacked. We don't know how, I guess the virus leaked out into the world. So they're like, must've been America. America was like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Maybe it was us. Maybe it wasn't. I don't know. We're like, nah, bro. Not us. Nah, bro. Not me. So, Davey, you can talk more to this, but basically Stuxnet was a way to stop Iran from developing their nuclear 
programs. It was it was all would, yeah. Oh, go keep going. Go on. Oh, I was gonna say which like would, it, Go on. You go. You go. <laughs> Rock paper thirty. All right. So basically, like it's the equivalent of if someone bombed infrastructure of a country to stop them from developing their infrastructure, right? But since there was no bombing involved, it was just a computer virus, the world didn't know how to handle it. There was no real way to hold anyone accountable. And then it left us in this gray area of like, oh, well, fuck. What do we do if someone hacks the grid? We can't really go and then, well, Israel will go and bomb you. But most other people won't go and just bomb a gray building with a bunch of hackers in it. So Stuxnet, if you ever get a chance, and David, you can talk more to it, but Stuxnet is their original. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Pros up a bit. That's all right. Oh, no. Love, are you still there, dude? Oh, no. I'm close. Yeah, uh, it happens. Okay. Well, but, yeah, so oh, elaborate on. Uh, oh, Love, you're back. You're you, back. You froze, you froze for a, a second. Uh, uh, yeah. I started saying too many key words back to back. Okay, so with Stuxnet, here's here's the so here's what here's um the here's just a couple of forensical items that I hope people can understand. The first thing about this virus was so a typical virus is maybe a couple hundred kilobytes. You know, it's a small 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 in size. Okay, this a gigabyte size like a virus that's almost a gigabyte in size is ridiculously large, way too large for any typical virus. So the Kapersky engineers they started just going through this code and they started deep like. They had the source code that was sent to them on a forum. It was actually on a Kapersky uh, dev and cyber threat forum. They download this package, they decode it, and they just start going through it, like line by line by line by line. And they get to a point where they have like, um, so in programming, it's called an array. And it's it's just a fancy way of saying a list. They had a list of all these, these random generated numbers, and they had no idea what these numbers were. And ultimately, what these numbers were, they would come to find out they were serial numbers. And these serial numbers belonged to a series of devices that were part of the Iran nuclear facilities uh, infrastructure. These devices controlled certain things. They, they controlled uh, certain elements of the Iran nuclear facility. So there was one device in there that it was um, it was a centrical. It was a I want to say a centrical fuse. But essentially, this thing had an internal component that would spin like we're talking like re- a centrifuge. Re- yes. It would spin ridiculously fast on the inside, and if the, and they were tuned a certain way as part just to de- help uh, develop and enhance the uranium. Mm-hmm. Well, if these centrifuges were off by just one little degree, mm-hmm. uh, it would completely uh, it would it would more or less blow up. It, a nuke, Iran was essentially sitting sitting on a nuke at that point. So what uh, the Kaspersky engineers did is they uh, built a way of life or a proof of concept uh, using. Uh, one of the devices uh, from the company that made uh, the components that make the Iran nuclear facility, they took one of those components that you could buy anywhere, and it was an air compressor. And what they did is they uh, attached the air compressor to a balloon, or they put a balloon on the spigot that the air compressor would spit air out of. They then would att- use this virus, and they would launch an attack on this air compressor. And this is just a proof of concept. This was done inside their actual, in their corporate office. They send the, like, before they send them the command, they tell the air compressor, the air compressor, to stop when the air pressure reaches, like, we'll say, I think a pound per square inch or whatever, what have you. And, uh, you know, the balloon fills up, the compressor stops, all is well. They launch the attack. They run the same process again 
on this air compressor and the air compressor doesn't stop. It just keeps blowing and inflating and inflating to the point where the balloon explodes. And when the balloon explodes, that's essentially what this virus would do. Or if, if an engineer is at the panel pushing bones, telling it to stop, stop, kill, 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 or whatever, it would not stop. It would just keep going and going and going. So ultimately, um, you know, this hack or this virus, all the source code and everything, it all traced back to one certain agency. And this is according to a documentary and a few of the articles I've read about it. It all traced back to one of our alphabet soup agencies. You can figure out which one. And, uh, Huh. It's uh, it was it was a it was a state sponsored hack. Wild, pretty wild. But yeah, uh, bring it on back to you, go on. It, to to like put really break it really down. What Stuxnet did was the equivalent of like if you're under cars, throwing off the timing of your engine. Yeah, right. But in a way that you can't monitor it. Or if you're a super asshole, putting extra weights on a tire rim. Yeah. And just waiting for someone to figure that shit out, right? Yep. So. Yeah. Very interesting. We'll have to maybe do a, that sounds, and that sounds really familiar. Now you're talking about it being part of the, like, Iranian subterfuge, uh, centrifuge program. 2010. Um, Yeah. But we digress. What year, but it's got ice in it. Add that. Indian all attack team. But uh, a lot of the Japanese teams are owned by huge companies. Yeah. Suntory. Yeah. Yeah, Suntory is a huge uh, alcohol. Well, well, they're a huge beverage brand. They do all kinds of shit. And then you have like you know, the Panasonic, Panasonic, uh, the Panasonic Knights. Yeah. And then you had uh, there's Panasonic Knights. The, Base, uh, baseball. Cow- you have a uh, fucking can't think of it. Not Docomo. Soft. I don't Soft bank. Soft bank. Gotcha. So the lady walked in. She's helping me out with my Japanese now. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. So what, what are you mixing the gin with? Or are you just going straight gin? We're going Red Bull. Red Bull and gin. Sugar-free Red Bull because I'm on a keto diet because I'm a bitch. No, I got sugar-free. I'm a sugar-free. Yeah. I don't drink energy drinks a lot, but when I do, it's it's uh, sugar-free Red Bull for sure. I'm not a big fan of drinking I calories. Mean, so like a, I don't drink energy drinks often, but when I do, there's alcohol in it. Of course. Right. <laughs> so speaking of that, um, and you're talking about cyber warfare. Let's talk real warfare. Do you just like have the, the ace up your sleeve whenever you get in an argument with Japan? Be like, hey, like I'm from America. You really want to see what I can do? You've seen it twice. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I mean, that's why you got to break up with the Japanese girl two times, right? <laughs> yeah. We got to drop the bomb twice. I mean... Shit. Whenever she and I'm gonna speak really weird right now because she's sitting next to me, so I need to elevate my English real quick. But <laughs> whenever I really get upset, I just say, "Look, I will burn you down like Hiroshima." <laughs> but she just walked out of the room, didn't she? She's mad. No, she, she's looking at me, asking, "What's going on?" Bye, Julia. Does she Hiroshima. does she speak English? I'm not that. Yeah, bang bang. She speaks good enough English. Pretty much, yeah, she speaks English when she wants to speak English. But okay. that's where I fucked up. When I met her, I spoke Japanese. And then I just spoke Japanese all the time. And she was like, well, fuck, I don't need to learn English because you speak Japanese. I was like, well, when do we when we go to the States, what are we going to do? She's like, you speak English too. Like, what are we going to do? Right. 
So is is Japanese a hard language to learn? Oh man. Cuz I know I'm like waiting. um I had my brother um worked for the state department. He's actually uh he um without getting too deep into his stuff, um very involved in uh like nuclear engineering, nuclear policy, all the stuff for the government. I had to learn Japanese to um, work where he works, right? Well, he's been he doesn't know Japanese. Um he kind of he, he tells says now he wished he had learned it instead of um he speaks like a lot of middle eastern languages um but uh he's been to hiroshima and he's been to nagasaki nagasaki i was like why am i fucking spacing on that one um but he says uh he he, at one point he was trying to learn mandarin and said which obviously is chinese i know they're two different places but uh he said mandarin is incredibly hard so I'm wondering, like, is Japanese like yeah. is Japanese an easy language to learn? Like, is it like Spanish, or is it pretty uh, complicated? Uh, learning Spanish versus learning Japanese, because like, so learning Spanish versus learning the sentence like well, in Japanese down and then just verde, la mia, the mile, verde, green. Yeah. So la mia, so the verde, mile that is green, or just or the the mile green right. is literally what it would mean. But essentially, it's noun then descriptor. Yeah, no. Uh, I grew up with um, uh, some friends of mine. Their dad was um, from Mexico, and he, he always thought it was hilarious when we were kids because in in Spanish, the title for the movie Free Willy translated back to "Set My Willy Free." Oh boy! It's so. uh, there's a couple a couple of missteps in that one because mm-hmm. there, there's well there's also a different context because Mexico. Spanish and Spain Spanish are essentially American English versus British English. There's just very different, different contexts. Different words have different meanings or some words have different meanings. So because in Mexico, there's a lot of slang. So it's like uh, if I if I want to if I want to call you a like, you know, a buddy or an asshole at the same time, I call you a cabron, you know, so cabron, you know, or if I wanted to call you a or if I wanted to just just call you a dude or like, uh, you know, like, what's up, Holmes? I just say, you know, way. You know, right, yeah. something like that. So, because uh, but if you go to Spain and say those words love, no idea what the fuck you're saying. Right, yeah. So, but yeah, to get true. back, so Japanese is it is it a, like a, a difficult language? It's so like he, like uh, David was saying, you have your noun and then what happens to them. Japanese is kind of the same way, but so it's green mile as a point, you would say Midori no maru, whereas Midori is the the green, then now is like a random piece of Japanese word that's put into sentences to basically act, act as like an adjective, like an adjective is coming or something. And then mairu is just the translation of mile in Japanese. So then to basically a good way to say it is like, if I told you my name is, my name is Itamashi, mm-hmm. I'm gonna slip real quick. My name is Itamashi in English. I would say watashi no namai wa itamashi. My name is Itamashi. But then if I said Itamashi is going to get drunk, you'd say Itamashi mo yotori natru. It's Itamashi drunk getting. Would be like how you would say it in English. And tell your lady like how would that go? Iyasasa? <laughs> Saya? Haya? Yes, that's Aya. Aya. Yeah, she said okay. 
<laughs> but this is a good segue. Like, maybe drop the uh, Spanish curse words and shit. Let's fucking yeah. What's some? I was gonna ask you my next question. What's some? Uh, yeah, bro. Give us, give us some so, Japanese curses. So Japanese curse words. Kuso, uh, it's like kuso is how you say it. But depending on how angry you are, you can be like ah oh, kuso, like damn. You'd be like, so it's like fuck, all right. Yeah. Then you use kuso with any other word, basically turns that word into a curse word. So you can be like, man, ice cream, or you can be like, fucking ice cream would be ice cream, so ice cream. Like just kuso, use it for everything. So it's it's essentially the Japanese version of fuck. Yeah. It is. It is. Well, actually. Uh, the Japanese version of fucker motherfucker is kutabare. I thought so. Kutabare, but kutabare is like, yeah, that's like upper level curse word, like up there with see you next Tuesday. Like cunt. Oh. Uh, gotcha. Yeah. Fucking, yeah, kutabare is like, you're saying that you're about to fucking cut somebody. But again, what a samurai you can add to anything. Ah, shit, with probably like a knife this big. <laughs> then there's a uh, yado, is also kind of, it's not really a curse word, but like adds sauce, it adds spice. So you can be like, whatever word, yado. So, omai yado is like you, then yado, but kind of comes off as like, you asshole. Omai yado, kono yado, it's like, what the fuck is this? So those are some Japanese curse words. But then my favorite one, because I would consider most people like my bros, my homies, and I learned the hard way in Okinawa, when someone asked me, like, how do you say friend? And the state's like, what's up, bro? What's up, homie? You're my homie. What's up, man? Specifically to Okinawan dialect, homie means the pussy. So if you're like, what's up, homie, to Okinawan, you're basically saying, what's up, my pussy? So... <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely getting stabbed tonight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're going, you're yeah. going Okinawa deep in that, homie. Yeah, boy. <laughs> hey, if you don't go deep in your homies, then are you a real homie? Oh gosh, for real. You gotta go. You gotta. Get- I'll give her all the stuff. Stay out here. He's like pushing like five ten. Fourteen. I'm a short dude. I'm like five seven. Fourteen. Yeah. You have him when you're like nine. Yeah, dude. Well, bro, I got out there when I was young. You know, I mean, I was doing things. Now, the real story is my wife is older than me. Doesn't look it. But I came in, and now I'm daddy slash stepdaddy. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. But long story short is like, hey, I was looking for like, hey, you have kids? Certified MILF. Let's go. And that's where we went from there. Yeah. Awesome, man. Yeah. Will she will she say hey on screen real quick so we can see her? Me that. My niggas. Hi. How are you? Late and talk to us. She was out. She had a girls' night tonight. Oh. So she was like, oh. So she's 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 drunk and ready for that. The whole country to be up in there, huh? You guys, you guys know what it is, man. She came home. She was like. Where's my Nigerian? 
She's ready for the I homie want you treatment. there right now. Spread cheeks. Let's go. <laughs> ready for that? Ready for that homie treatment? Yeah. That's right. He said we're about to beat up the homies. I was like, gang, gang, let's go. Yeah, we're, bu- <laughs> we're about to nuke that homie. Yeah, boy. You know what I'm saying? Two times. <laughs> you got to. <laughs> Yo, are you wearing an Iceman shirt from Top Gun? Uh, I am. That's fucking awesome, bro. Have you seen the 80, new one? ADCs.com, and yes, I have seen the new one. Was it good? Top Gun. Oh, fuck yeah, it was. It was eh, t- the new Top Gun. I can tell you right now what it did for... Because I saw the original when I was four, and I remember yeah. how excited I was thinking about one day I'd fly Navy jets. But I, I can tell you this much. What the original Top Gun did for kids you saw it during my generation, the new one's going to do the same thing for the kids today. It's going to literally just... It's going to inspire... All, I'll, I'll put it to you this way. The Air Force and the Navy, they're going to meet their quota easily uh, for, for every month from this point forward until Top Gun's out of theaters. They will meet their quota. So you're saying beach volleyball is going to make a return? Gonna uh, popularity beach football. Gonna... Well, well, beach sports in general will make a return. Okay. You know, beach volleyball made its return in the in 86 when the original Top Gun came out. This time around, it'll be uh, – well, I won't tell you which sport it is. I don't want to give it away. But you'll see. Awesome. It's ama- The new Top Gun's amazing. Awesome. Well – we're going to wrap this up because I'm out of mimosa and I hear the kids going fucking nuts downstairs. So I'm sure uh, if, I, if it goes any longer, the wife ain't going to let me go full Okinawa later. You know what I'm saying? So I know. Well, before before we get off, there's one thing I want to say, though. Yeah. Uh, earlier tonight, we were talking about Aloha Snack Bar. Like the Long story short behind it, Aloha Snack Bar was actually it's a term that's used in our military, particularly our guys who are in the sandbox or Iraq and Afghanistan. And what they would do is whenever a jihadi was coming at them yelling, you know, like a, a law, it's their Allahu yeah. Akbar chant, yeah. whatever. Out the snack bar. Uh, Aloha Snack Bar would be like, uh, like it'd be uh, the way I describe it in an example. It'd be like a Marine saying, yeah, I heard some jihadi yelling their Aloha Snack Bar shit. So I fried them. You know, right. that's where that's where it comes from. But the reason what I was doing with it is because I got, I'm got i so sick and tired of these damn scammers and these damn bots and these damn Bitcoin uh, traders just hounding me on Instagram. I just I just started public, uh, publishing them on my Instagram saying, all right, fine. You guys are you guys won't leave me alone. Fine. Here's your here's your 15 minutes of fame. And I would just tag it with Aloha snack bar just because I got sick and tired of the crap. Uh, spotting a fake profile is very easy nowadays because a lot of these scammers, they don't try. They don't put any effort into it. A couple of dead giveaways like uh Guys, fellas, no, there's no random hot chick out there, none, that wants to meet you in person and uh, offer you sexual fantasies. Okay, they don't exist. Say <laughs> so no, if you don't already sh- do. Don't, don't yeah. say that out loud because I I hold this over my wife's head all the time when we get in fights. Like I don't need this. There are hot single moms in my neighborhood ready to meet me right now. <laughs> but right. but just understand one thing: if a random hot chick adds you on Instagram or follows you on Instagram, just block her. Unless you know her personally, just block her. Another example is if it's a random profile with like z- like zero posts. Right. You know, it says like in like a hundred, a couple hundred followers. That's usually a scammer. Uh, another one is if uh, they have like maybe I don't know like three or twelve followers and like maybe one post and it's private. Scammer. Um, there's tons and tons of scammers and bots on Instagram, and they're even worse on Twitter. Uh, I hope Elon Musk gets rid of all of them, but. Right. Those are just real life too, man. Well, they are. I'll leave you guys all this. Every new out there, Google social engineering, read some or watch some videos on social engineering and understand the concept of it. Like earlier this week, 
they had on Drinking Bros, they talked about physical security. At the end of the day, the weakest link is the person, right? Right. And that's what everyone, that any hacker, any fucking state sponsored or whatever, any hacker will attack the person first. You, your passwords, it's best another person. Your fucking habits, it's best another person. How do you get in your house when you come up? It, just Google social engineering. Social, mm. I can't talk because I'm from Jersey. Social engineering. And what Davey's talking about, in, out in real life, you'll see all the bullshit that's... So pay attention. On Instagram, if any of your friends reach out to you and they ask if they can send you a link that uh, yeah, to reset their it. password, don't know. Well, here's what they'll do. They'll send you a link, but it'll be a screenshot of a link. They will then use your handle to reset your password after asking if you'll help them. Yeah, if you ever encounter anything like that where they say they want to they want to send you a link and then have them have you send them a screenshot of your link. Yeah, that's a dead that's a dead giveaway. That's the, that's an Instagram scam. It happened to one of my good buddies. He uh, has has a, a Stogie profile. His Stogie profile got taken over by some bot or some scammer. Tried doing it on me the other night, and I just trolled the shit out of him. And mm-hmm. I remember te- I remember telling him, I go, dude, my stats scam zooming in on you. I go, wave high. And I and I told him, give me a big smile. I already know I'm number one because I know I know how these fuckers think. Mm-hmm. You know, if you tell me anything like that, they're just gonna look at the camera and flip you off. And I go, I'd already, I already I told the guy, I already know I'm number one. Give me a big smile. Zoomed in and yada yada. And this, and this guy like almost instantly blocked me just because of the fact he was that i i scared him that badly so, so yeah. believe me yeah things like that just be be aware of nobody's yeah. none of your friends will ask you for that yeah. kind of shit protect as i say on drinking bread all the time protect that digital butthole and speaking yeah, of man. which i'm just gonna try to drag this out longer because i just want you to get in trouble with your wife because now i'm in trouble with my wife <laughs> no, no, no. So I was going to say that's a good segue for before we get off here my sponsor repcps.com okay. use promo code nooners get 10% off and their uh, their big claim to fame is the hats to say "Show me that butthole." I don't know if you've seen those around or in Japan. You ever seen somebody wearing a hat that says "Show me that butthole"? No, nah, but in Japan they're very prone to showing buttholes. So. Yeah. So what's? Yeah. So if you were if if is your wife still in the room right now? So how do you say "Show me that butthole"? I love it. So you would show, you would say, show me your anus, which is. Mm. So Oshri is butt. And so you'll say, so anal, anal translates to anal. You'll say, anus, show me. She's probably like, what the fuck real, are you guys talking about? Wanna get now? real saucy with it. Wanna get real saucy with it. Yeah, yeah, she is. But she's put that way, put that way, baby. <laughs> Might have been pulling her pants down. So. <laughs> <laughs> if you wanna get real saucy with it, you wanna put on the smooth jazz, be like, Kimi no enro ni style. All right. Well, we're gonna get off of here before we're all in trouble. So guys. <laughs> Thanks for coming on, guys. Uh, guys, thanks for staying up late. It sounds like your wife had a pretty fun night out and is ready to party, so we'll let you get to that. Give her the full Okinawa. Yes, what up, y'all? But uh, So, thanks for coming on. Everybody already knows, like I said at the top, like and subscribe on YouTube, five-star reviews on iTunes and Spotify. 
Dude, it's been awesome. We'll have to have you on again sometime. I'll uh, try not to fuck up time zones again this time. Maybe next time, uh, be a day you'll get on blackout drunk in the night and call you when it's like six o'clock in the morning and just see how that goes. Blackout drunk, bro. Let's go. (laughs) Let's go. All right. Well, this has been the Neuter Nation. Thanks, guys. Good night.